0: Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Our.
1: Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right.
0: Right.
2: And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. What up? All right. So there's a little bit of a delay. Normally, I go right into after the uh, Brock and Pep introductions but uh kind of have to wait for this video to finish on uh, on that so i can edit it if i need to but anyway moving on moving on p-dog i can see your face today hey i got a little bit of lighting here
1: just sort of a makeshift lamp that i've uh (laughs) yeah i i'm working on my lighting and uh but yeah you can see me it's good you're nice and bright because you got a beautiful window in your office there yeah i'm in a dungeon
2: I i bought a light to help too. And I don't know if it's the sunlight. I think it's the sunlight that's uh, that's coming in pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a bright window. I'll probably have to minimize it or something. Anyway, yada yada. That's all stuff that uh, uh, Angel walked me through. She's really good with that as a photographer. But um, yeah, we need to uh, iron that stuff out because we got, uh, we got stuff coming up on the horizon that's going to be a game changer for us, I think.
1: I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, I won't, I'm going to let you announce it, but I'm excited for this because uh, it's going to be neat uh, reaching a, a, a maybe a different audience, a completely different audience than what we're used to. Uh, our current audience for our podcast and our Facebook page is really, really cool. A lot of them are people, we, everybody is people we know and the contributions are awesome. I've got some really strong takes the last couple of days, uh, football takes from on our Facebook page. So uh, I'm Beautiful. looking forward to reaching different people.
2: We don't know everybody. I mean, our demographic, like our reach—not a demographic. Our reach was like, remember, we were in Latvia, and uh, <laughs> like there, there, it wasn't just one listener; it was, yeah. uh, it was a few. So, I don't know what we're we're doing in that sense, but uh, we do have uh, some people we don't know that are listening, which is great. Um, that being said, we are going to be taking it to the next level, and in uh, the month of November. November 17th, I believe, is what we've uh, decided to go with. The UC will be going live, for real, live on the radio station, the internet radio station that is based out of Ottawa, but it's worldwide. It's called Cap City Beats. And uh, there is an app for iPhones, an app for – I just put the logo in the top there. I don't know if uh, which way we could see it. It's over uh, Pierre there where you can yeah. kind of see the Cap City Beats. Uh, You can listen to it online, stream it uh, on the website and actually our, so that's part of the lighting and everything we need to do because our video will be streamed through their, uh, Cap City TV, um, page. So they got a page on there for the, uh, for the UC uh, directly. And we'll have our, our show streamed through that, but you can listen to it live, uh, again, through all the, uh, the apps, whether it's uh, an iOS app or an Android app. And, uh, yeah, we will we'll, we'll actually be able to, uh, interact with, uh, with people real time. So your comments will come in and we'll be able to address those that are relevant, um, and questions that we can answer, uh, shows will be a little bit quicker, probably. Uh, I think we're about, we're probably about 45 minutes, I think is what our, um, what our, our, our length will be in terms of the live show. So, um, uh, it'll be fast paced, quick moving, you know, we'll get some, uh, some guests on, but, uh. There'll be quicker interviews um, and, you know, some some room for questions and, and stuff too. And I don't know. I'm pretty pumped for it. I mean, we've been uh, working towards this and trying to get our setup proper so that uh, when we do do it, we're not faced with a bunch of uh, tech issues and connectivity issues and stuff. And I think we've, uh, we've got to a point where we can't push it off anymore. It's never going to be a, a thousand percent before we go. So we're going to be... Uh, getting off the off the ground and then we'll make adjustments as we see fit
1: that's a perfect explanation i'm looking forward to it you know and for those of you who uh, aren't aware of our situation like brock and i live on opposite ends of the city uh before covid before all this madness we would get together occasionally in a neutral place to record live but uh, that's it's very difficult to do now with covid uh, so we we we're, we've been recording exclusively for the last seven months remotely. So we've made adjustments to our internet connections and whatnot so that the the quality of our of our show can be better for you guys. But we're doing our best and uh, we're moving forward. And the bottom line is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a sports show. And and I think Brock and I, for the most part, know what we're talking about. So if you like sports, we tend to hit on every anything relevant, current events. Occasionally, we'll pull out a top ten list or or throw a question to a guest or or to each other just to keep it fresh. But for the most part, we like to stick to current events and give you our opinions on, on the the world of sports. And uh, I hope you like it. You know, I, I I like it because it's a, it's for me, it's an outlet, you know, Brock, as you can uh, attest, I tend to post on our Facebook page three, four, five times a day. It's a release. It, uh, it's a conversation starter. Uh, I, most of the time, it doesn't lead to arguments, but rather just constructive debates. But of course, sports is you're you're passionate about sports. I'm passionate about sports. People have an opinion. When it comes to their favorite teams, they certainly have an opinion. But uh at the end of the day, it is just sports and it's meant to be fun and engaging and exciting. And let's face it, I mean, it's gotten me through the last four or five months. You know, it's kept me occupied and uh away from the reality of what's going on. So
2: Yeah, sports are are, they're made to bring people together uh, one way or another. So uh, but you're right. It does heat up here and there. Anyway, make sure you guys do check out our Facebook and Instagram uh, pages. Uh, Pierre and I will start doing more Instagram shorts as well. So what we're finding is that during sporting events, during the Saturdays, Sundays, that kind of stuff where we're watching games, there's so much things that are going on that we want to we want to talk about immediately. And when we wait for the show time, oftentimes those those points are gone. We've sort of, uh, you know, it's no longer current. There's something else taking its place. So we're going to start doing some more uh, random Instagram live rants, if you will, more than anything else. Like a 10 minute thing. You know, I'm going to keep talking because I feel like I just want to do that just so you keep. We're showing that shirt, I get it. The Steeler, they lucked out. Guskowski missed his field goal wide right. Now every Titans fan knows what the Bills felt back in 94 or whatever it was. Well, that's it, eh? You know? Wide they right was shocked uh that he missed it. Uh, you know, the second half was all Titans. It's uh, you know, Taylor Luan, their their starting left tackle, and the um anchor of that offensive line and the um the spark that the team usually relies on. Cause he's very charismatic. He's very outgoing. He's very, um, he's in-game. rugged and, uh, he was out, you know, we lost him for the, we lost him. The Titans lost him for the season. I say, we from an O lineman standpoint, <laughs> like, he's one of my favorite alignment to watch. Um, if I was to buy a Jersey, I would get, you know, I would, he would be top five of jerseys that I would wear proudly. Um, kids good. And they didn't have them, and I thought that that was uh, the first half. I thought that's that's a big indication of where why the, the Titans are getting steamrolled right now. Uh, but I give it to them; they they came back and they started to to fall back into uh, Titan football, if you will. And um, I would be very excited to watch the next time those two meet.
1: Well, look, this was that was the game of the week, right? That was the game of the week. Two undefeated teams. There was only one other undefeated, I think, Seattle, and they lost. So, uh, you know, that, I was looking forward to that game. You're right. Not having Luan affected their running game. But, you know, Pittsburgh uh, actually won the coin toss and 99% of the time they defer. That's just the way, that's just what they do. But for whatever reason, Roethlisberger said, we'll take the ball. They went on a 10-minute drive. That's deflating. That's a whole quarter. A 10-minute opening drive. Uh, you know, Tennessee's just finished warming up. Their offense came on the Cold. And they w- it was a quick three and out. So Pittsburgh had the ball for the whole first quarter. I think that I think that set the tone in. But the Titans got their footing in the second half. I think Pittsburgh was foolish. They got the ball at right the end of the second half and went for a hail mary when they could have tried a fifty yard field goal. You know, you know, I don't care, man. It's the NFL. You got to put points on the board until it's like the middle of the fourth when you're when you're up thirty or whatever. But until then, you got to keep putting points on the board. And they just they took their foot off the gas. I think it was this was a learning lesson for Pittsburgh that hey we're good but we're still not elite i don't think this is an elite 6 and 0 yet just there i know they're my team but they're not an elite 6 and 0 quite yet they still have some holes when it comes to uh you know you, you can't give up a, a 30 point lead in the nfl you, if you're an elite team you, you you keep your foot on the pedal um so that's that was a little concerning but hey 6 and 0 is 6 and 0 in the nfl man it's not easy to do these are the pros everybody's out to get you and uh i'm excited Another game of the week is today's. It's this week's Baltimore. It's a big game this week. One o'clock on Sunday, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I wouldn't be surprised if that game gets flexed to the night game. Uh, I don't know what the night game is, but it can't be any better than this game. It's a five and one team versus a six and zero oh team. So yep. this is this is a game of the week. I'm looking forward to it. How about those Arizona Cardinals, Brock?
2: I was going to say when you say game of the week, that Seattle game was uh, pretty back and forth. Like the Pittsburgh Tennessee it ended up being close and you know if you're rooting for Tennessee you're hoping they come back but it was kind of a tale of two halves the seattle uh, arizona tale of two halves yeah. very much uh back and forth and and you know what shout out to dk Metcalf for showing the Great. effort wow. and hustle to track that guy down i mean re- take away the the uh, superhuman speed that the guy showed it's like the third top speed i think this year um And the 10 yards he had to make up and the stride and whatever. The hustle, where it really showed me was where Russell Wilson was chasing him down, could not get the corner, and the guy ran past him and Russell gave up. Like he pulled up because he's like, I'm never going to catch him. At that exact moment, Metcalf flew by, cape and all, and tackled him. And they ended up saving, I think they didn't score a touchdown on that drive after all um which ended up being you know arizona would have won the game earlier anyway uh but from a, a quarterback standpoint it says you just threw a pick six or possibly pick six and you're trying to make the tackle because you don't want that on your on your uh, you know resume i guess and then your receiver hustles to that degree to stop that from happening you get rewarded with you know balls later on anyway his effort level hustle was awesome <laughs> I was you know
1: I've been talking about DK Metcalf for the last couple of years since he got drafted and how impressed I am with him and I'm like I think Seattle got a star like a real star not only is he is he fast and big and strong he's got good hands but he hustles and uh, what a that was just a good example of that I mean I, Seattle's a great team I mean that's a that was a big win for Arizona but I mean Seattle is a very 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 good team and congratulations to the Arizona Cardinals taking nothing away from them I mean they they you know Hopkins and Fitzgerald and Kirk and every, all their all their weapons. They've lost Drake for what looks to be about eight weeks, so we'll see how they who they plug and play uh, to replace him. But uh, I'm in, I'm so impressed with Murray, lost,
2: uh, Chris Carson too. He's out for a few weeks.
1: He's he's been injury prone eh? last couple last couple yeah. of weeks. He uh, he's just coming back from an injury, but uh, big fan of Kyler Murray. Big fan of the Arizona Cardinals. Good young coaching, Cliff Kingsbury, and he's uh he's a forward thinking coach. He's got Murray on the run. Uh, which I mean, the man that guy can scoot.
2: Oh, that's actually a very good adjective for him because he does, he does scoot. Yeah, it's this little legs, but they just fly. Yeah, he's got a little Doug Flutie in him. Yeah, a little bit,
1: you know. I mean, uh, that you know, that same stature, and you know, he's got he can he can throw the ball from different angles and uh, pretty pretty awesome stuff. I I was impressed, I'm impressed with the Arizona Cars. They're five and two, they're Mm -hmm. the only division, it's the fourth time in NFL history. An entire division going into week eight, it all have winning records. So, they all uh, the 49ers have a winning record, Seattle, Arizona, and the other team slips my mind right now. Uh, Rams they all have a winning record in that, in that division. That's incredible. Fourth time in NFL history that's ever happened going into week eight. Rams, so, congratulations! Uh, yeah, the complete opposite from the NFL, NF, NFL, NFC East. The complete yeah. opposite. That's a that is. They should all be embarrassed, uh, which is actually good. Leading into my next uh, question to you, John Bostick. Sorry, yeah, not a, not a dirty player. Pittsburgh actually picked him up for a year. Not a dirty player. I don't think he's a dirty. In fact, I think he's a classy guy. Um, he's he's won the. I think he's on the uh, the the players' union board or whatever. He's one of those guys, right? Like he's he's in the mix for players and. Uh, I'm all that aside. I didn't like the hit at all. I I didn't like the hit at all, at all. Dalton is clearly sliding backwards, clearly with plenty of room. Clearly, what what was the point of that hit? What are you saving in terms of, a, of if you're a defensive player? What how much yardage are you saving by even attempting that hit? He's going down. It was just a terrible. It was a terrible hit. It was a terrible look what's he, what was even worse on that play is that nobody from Dallas g- stepped up and even uh, uh confronted Bostick after the hit. I mean, that was an awful hit. And uh, the hit I'm talking about is Andy Dalton getting knocked out, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys going he was he was uh, quarterback run, I guess the play was a dead play. He tried to run it, he got hit late by John Bostick, knocked out cold for what looked to be about a you know five, 3 or 4 seconds maybe. And not one player for the Dallas Cowboys came to his defense. Something's wrong in Dallas. Something is really wrong in Dallas, and I don't know if it's the players or the
2: coaches, but something is
1: really, really wrong. What do you think?
2: Well, it's the culture. Like there's some, like there is, and they've had injuries. I think uh, isn't uh, uh, their uh, their right guard there, uh, Zach.
1: Uh, Zach Martin's hurt. Tyron Matthew, I think, yeah. or Tyron uh, Smith, I think, was also hurt.
2: I think their there's uncertainty but it was for me it was from the O-line standpoint that your quarterback just got kind of trucked you know again not to you know keep pumping this uh, Luan's tires but Taylor would have lost his marbles Yeah, he would have likely been ejected maybe or something but he would be uh, there would be a scuffle after there would be something because he would not stand for it and those are the kind of guys like you're protecting your quarterback that's your job your quarterback is now injured on the ground. Yeah, you can't change that, but you're still defending him. You know what I mean? Synoptics. And I just the 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 problem for me, or, or the, the the worry from a cowboy standpoint is that you know you kind of have to believe and play for each other. Like you guys are tanking, and the only thing you have is playing for each other. And when your quarterback doesn't have that support. Then he doesn't have the trust in the locker room or the trust in the huddle, whatever it is. He's just it's it, there's no it doesn't feel like a team there. When it, one guy's injured, a main player like that, like a quarterback, you have your job is to protect them. There's five big guys there and they're not doing anything. Um, That then do they not like Andy? You know what I mean? Like it's just he's not getting along with people or what? I don't know. I think Andy Dalton would be a likable guy, but he is who knows. Like I just. I just, I have no, I have no understanding as to why the offensive line, not one of them did anything. And that's, that's what would bother me is why, like, what was the reasoning for that? So,
1: you know, the players came out the other day and said, the coaches are totally unprepared for games. This is the Dallas, uh, the Dallas squad. Anonymous players came out, told the media that their coaches are completely unprepared for all their games. I mean, what's going on? I hey, Look guys, completely un- unprepared. Like, uh, I'm sorry, Mike McCarthy's not the one dr- fumbling the ball twice on on a couple of handoffs. So, like, Ezekiel Elliott needs to play better. That they, they have every in every skill position, they have a, a I mean, well, I would consider it to be a star. You know, Amari Cooper, Elliott, uh, Andy Dalton's a serviceable quarterback. You know, they have, uh, they have players. You know, they have players in every position. I'm concerned that um, we maybe we dumped on Jason Garrett. Uh, uh, you know, unfairly the last five, six years. I think, I think there's more going on in Dallas than we know. Um, might be, and they just maybe they just have the wrong people. Maybe they just have the wrong people, like Mike Nolan, uh, did, uh yesterday during a conference call, Asco sauce in his eye, he got it on his finger. Then he must have rubbed his eye with it, and then he had to delay the conference call. Like, it's, I know it's, it's, it has nothing to do with football, but like, it's just that maybe the type of representation they have right now
2: it has to do with COVID. You got Tabasco on your sauce. You're supposed to be washing your hands about 45 times a day. And then he wipes his eye. Don't touch your eye if don't you have And then he wipes it off with his mask. Pulls yeah. Pulls the mask off the thing and wipes it with the Come on. And you know, This is and Mike Nolan
1: has does not have a history of success in the NFL. He's been a he's been a I don't know. His his official record as a co- as a coach, whether it's an assistant or a head coach, I don't think it's very good. So uh something's going on in Dallas. I think they have plenty of talent to win that division as it is because it's so bad as who's better than them right now eagles eagles are hurt everywhere uh uh washington football team i guess they're the they're number one right now they're the because they have the best in division
2: record they're they're number one and you know they, they uh kyle allen looked pretty good uh, McLaurin looked pretty good their defense is pretty good like all things said they got the total opposite of what the Cowboys have. The Cowboys have all the talent in the world, and their coaching seems to be skeptical. Washington is dealing with whoever they got, but their coaching staff and, and seems to be competent. So, you know, who knows what happens. But you get guys like uh, Chase Young and stuff on the outside. Uh, the O-line in the NFC East is not great. Dallas is banged up. Philly's got a bunch of new guys out there. Uh, The Giants are notoriously bad. Oh, they're bad. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, Washington's in a good position to make the playoffs and then get steamrolled. You know what I mean? But they make the playoffs. There was a time when the NFC East was
1: the the battleground. NFC East, NFC North, these teams used to beat the hell out of each other, but they were all really, really good. Like, you know, Randall Cunningham and Phil Simms and those guys and, that you know, Mark Rippon and... Uh, the Cowboys at Aikman, that that era, 1990 and 94, that was the division. And boy, has it gone sideways in the last 20 years. And uh, you know, it's it's for me, it's like, uh, I equate it to the NHL when if every Canadian team is doing well, the big markets like Toronto, Montreal, you know, then it's better for the league. I think the NFC East, it, this isn't good for the league when these markets aren't doing well. Like New York's a big market, Dallas a big market. When they stink, it it, uh, it dumbs the product down a bit, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, every league needs their big market teams to do well in, in terms of overall success of that season. That's why, you know, they, you need the Lakers and Celtics and stuff like that to do well. Nobody wanted Toronto. You know, last year to to go that far because of the market. But then ultimately, I think it ended up paying off because it was a whole country sort of behind the Raptors. Um, but yeah, your Dallas, your... Well, the Giants have been terrible for a while. But the Cowboys, you know, again, America's team, those are the teams that people... Dallas, Steelers, 49ers. Those are the, um, the three teams, I think, that the league would want to do well because their fan base is so loyal and uh you know they're the ones that spend money the patriots will be in that category too they want the patriots to do well because they've been doing well for so long that their fan base is now a bit older and stuff uh too yep. and spend more money but anyway that's just uh the way that goes let me ask you something so yeah. uh, bo jackson's comment nope so bo jackson made a comment uh, regarding today's uh, today's game and how he thought he would do in today's game, so his comment was: If I played during this era, I'd probably average, I'd probably be averaging 350 to 400 yards a game. Bo Jackson,
1: just rushing or or touches?
2: Doesn't say rushing necessarily, mm-hmm. um, or touches. Um, I thought I'd uh, I thought found it interesting and. From my standpoint, I always seem to lean on the uh, the generational issues, being like, you know, Wayne Gretzky couldn't do that this year in this era. Um, uh, you know, baseball, same type of thing, and be like, oh, you know, like, uh, you know, they, I don't know, Sammy Sosa wouldn't be able to do it in this era or something, which is completely just because I've seen Sammy Sosa's picture lately, and I don't think he can do anything. Um, but uh, Bo Jackson. And his comments, I actually think he could, which again, it's not for me to. I always think the new generation is better and faster and stronger. And, um, I think Bo Jackson would tear it up. But then I also think that, uh, a guy like Walter Payton would go off even more so in today's sort of thing. I just, I picture them with like the, um, you know, like a, a Rams offense or KC's offense or something like that where they're they're moved and, and utilized in, in a bunch of different ways. They've sort of, you lose the, the hard nose thing, but you still have that aspect. So again, you know, Peyton, Jackson. Uh, I don't know about Dickerson, you know, uh, I'm sure he does well, but I think, you know, I don't think he was as good a pass catcher and stuff as, as the other two. Uh, Herschel Walker. Uh, would be a guy. I think he would just destroy people. And his rationale on all of it is that the it's uh, the fundamentals of uh, players aren't as good as they used to be. Is what he was saying, lacking the fundamentals from a defensive standpoint, like not knowing how to tackle, not knowing how to uh, wrap up or not or drive through guys. And he thinks he would just destroy people. And I think I actually agree with him. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, I, f- I find football to be the hardest to judge because there's, there are too many variables. Like, you know, the defenses now are ba- starting defenses are, are are nickel. You know, back in his day, it was, you know, four, it was four linemen, three linebackers and four DBs. No, it's not like that anymore. Now it's now on first down, a, t- a defense is rolling out nickel. So that means that his offense if he's if he claims that he'd be able to run for 300 yards, his offense is going to be running with three wide receivers most likely. so he doesn't get the same blocking. I mean there's still, there are too many variables I it, like Paul Pierce said something similar two weeks ago. He said if he played in today's NBA, which I don't know what he means because he, he's not that far removed from from uh, he's not that far removed from playing. Um, he said he'd average 56 points a game. I'm like, Paul Pierce is out of his mind if he thinks he'd average 56 points a game today in his prime. I mean, he again, he it was only 2014 he was with the the, the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know what he's talking about. But uh, I find every other sport except football, it uh, you could predict what would happen in today's game. I'm sorry, Guy Lafleur, the, the flower, Maurice Richard, I mean, all those guys, the greats. You put them exactly at their fitness level, exactly in their prime with the same skates and same stick and all that. And you put them in today's NHL, they're not scoring a goal. They're not even they're not even touching the puck. So you can there's the you could predict these kinds of things a little bit easier, I find, in other sports. Football, there's too many variables. How would Gail Sayers do in, in today's NFL? I don't know. He was super elusive though back in the day, and football was more rugged back in that day. So like maybe he'd be great. Uh I'm I don't think. I don't think Jerry West is averaging 40 points a game in the NBA playing in Converse and whatever he played in. So the variables are different. I find baseball would be similar. I think a, a guy in the I, got, I think a guy in the 60s would do just fine in today's baseball game. If he was a, 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 a like Pete Rose, I think would be a great player in today's game. I think he would translate well. Would you put money on it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh. Hey. oh.
1: just go ahead. Pete belongs in the Hall of Fame, by the way. So does Barry Bonds. Just my opinion. Uh, Great. That's a great question. That's a great question. I, yeah. I
2: don't know. I think of Derek Thomas. You could. Derek Thomas. Derek uh, Henry. I think of Derek Thomas a lot. I used to have his jersey. He's on one of the most individual sacks in a game questions I was going to ask you. Um, But Derek Henry, like, I haven't compared the the measurables between Bo Jackson and him in terms of weight and height, but I I feel like Bo Jackson is around that size, and as fast as Henry is, Bo Jackson is faster. Uh, I think he's a better pass catcher, and Henry realistically can you know average if they went to uh, on a consistent basis, and you know he had his old line in front of him stuff too. I think he runs for. You know, 150 yards a game, easy. And Bo Jackson, and now you're thinking 350 to 400 yards. That I mean, that's a lot. That's 40 carries, but
1: I don't think he's running for uh, taking into the house every single game. But there are big backs in the NFL who have had success, and I don't know why teams don't don't do that anymore or or as often. Like Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram's a big boy. Gus Edwards, big boys. Those guys ran for a thousand yards each last year in in uh, Baltimore. I mean, it works. You know, I've always been skeptical of your uh, your feature back being a scatty guy. They, they don't they don't last long. Like Cl- Clinton Portis, great career, but it didn't last very long because you're just not that durable. You know, G- guys like that who, uh, you know, LaDainian Thompson might be the exception, but, you know, if the, they're your feature guys and they're the guys getting the ball 30, 40 times a game or whatever it is back in that time, it wears you down. But the big boys, they could wear defenses out. Remember Edrin James? I do remember Edgerton James,
2: yeah. Did he Rick- go before Ricky Williams in the in the the draft? Was
1: Ricky Williams 2000, right? Ricky Williams was the 2000 draft where the Saints traded everybody to go get that pick. That was 2000. I think Edron James was, might have been a year before.
2: There was somebody... Anyway, I'll have to look that up. But there was somebody... Where's our fact checker? We got nobody. But whoever, Edron James, there was a, I think he went before somebody who, again, it was kind of like a Manning Leaf thing. It was like, who should we take? They ended up both being, I think, fairly decent. But I thought it was Williams and James. Anyway, might have been. Yeah, he was, he was, again, one of those kind of scat back guys out of uh, Miami. But uh, yeah, I don't know why you right. we were talking about Portis and stuff. So it brought me there. Anyway. I
1: just, I like, I like Levy Bell, I think is the perfect feature back perfect feature back for any roster big strong can wear your defense down but can catch the ball like he was the prototype there's a reason why he was a monster in Pittsburgh for those years they used him right but he's big you know and he wears guys right. down but they use him right <laughs> well, Or he'd you know, still be a stealer. it's all about money you know sitting out and I, I get it and he was you know what I what I respect about him and his and the way he handled it was that he wasn't disrespectful to the organization like he was he was always like, "This is just business," and they respected him too. Tomlin it always went out and said, "Like he's just doing business. We want him here, but he doesn't want to be here. So what do you want us to do? You know, like he he wants to be he wants his money and he has to do what's best for him. That was all about Le'Veon Bell and not hurting himself. And like I, I get it, you know, not costing himself money by getting injured and being on the franchise tag. I respect that to a certain point. I don't, you know, the some of the off field stuff with him making a rap video when he's supposed to be, he's on a CD when he's supposed to be p- taking care of his body, quote unquote. Like I, you know, but he's, he's not, if he, people compare him to Antonio Brown in in terms of the way they handled their themselves, leaving
2: Pittsburgh, it's, it's, it's apples and oranges. Like well, yeah. one's crazy. And one was doing it for, and you know, I, so, I am mad at him. Like, Dak Prescott, who goes down on the franchise tag, you know, Levion's like, that's exactly what I didn't want to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows what happened with Dak? Wh- yep. What happens when Dak comes back from his surgery and all that kind of stuff? There, There's no long term deal there. So yep. now, if his game's not back, he's affected and he just left how many millions, tens of millions of dollars on the table because you know he didn't take the and then you know on his aspect they offered him what almost 100 million i think right yep. and Turn that down and uh you know that's the that's the chance you take when you do that kind of stuff and unfortunately it's uh, it didn't pay off for him uh, we'll see how he is when he comes back but that's a that's a, a blemish on his resume and his selling point moving forward for the rest of his career who knows if he even gets that offer again how about the Atlanta Falcons Let's not spend a lot of time on them, but if you were betting a gambling man, what you do when you bet when you when you watch a Falcons game is you wait for them to get to that 98% chance of winning and then you put money on it that they're going to lose and just watch it collapse in front of your face because that's what happens with Atlanta and I think it's happened more to them than anybody else in terms of the percentage chance of winning a game and then blowing it. And it's it's brutal.
1: I can't believe what I'm seeing every week. I mean that. I saw a meme of the the Detroit Lions, like six or seven of the defenders looking to the referees for them to for them to call a touchdown.
2: Yeah, it's touchdown! It's he's in. <laughs> Nobody's touching him, and Gurley's on the. Oh.
1: So just a, a like super brief explanation for the listeners. Basically, all Todd Gurley had to do was he was the running back for the Falcons. All he had to do was sort of get a first down and then drop to his knee. Could, uh, Atlanta could have run out the clock and kicked a, a basically a 10-yard field goal to win the game. Instead, he kind of stumbled into the end zone, scored a touchdown, which stops the clock. There was about, I guess, maybe 40 seconds left. And he gave Detroit a chance to possess the ball one more time and actually come back and score. So strategically, he, he tried to f- just fall down, let the clock keep going, and then kick a field goal. But it, it didn't. he actually stumbled into the end zone. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Matt Ryan could be, like, he could be a Hall of Fame. I mean, I think he might still make the Hall of Fame with just with his numbers alone. But he could be like a Hall of Fame quarterback with a record for all these all these close wins or what end up being losses. I mean, it's ridiculous what's happening in Atlanta. So uh, it's 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 crazy to watch. It's literally crazy to watch. Um, You, uh, just again, we're sort of sticking with the NFL theme here. Um, Buffalo Bills. That was not an impressive win. Uh, they, they've got to be concerned about what's going on there.
2: Against the Jets, wasn't an impressive win? They, I mean, it was 10-6 at half for the Jets. Right. Lamichael P. Ryan scored. Congratulations. First touchdown, I think, in the NFL. He's a Florida Gator. Um, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I've been calling it, but there's nothing still about the Bills that has screamed to me that they're ready to Take the next step. And when an offense that's led by Josh Allen doesn't get in the end zone against a team coached by Adam Gase and wearing green, Kelly green, there's there's definitely some concerns there. Anyway, uh, they, they won. Ultimately, they won. Like you said, it's the NFL. Everybody's trying to be in it. So they're whatever they are. What are they? Four and two? Five and two? Five and two five and two, you know, so it's a great record, but, um, you know, if, uh, I haven't looked at it, but if you go through, if there's a power ranking somewhere of the teams, you know, the bills are not in that top quadrant for me at all.
1: Um, statement win by Tampa Bay. I think people better start waking up and realizing that, uh, T Bay is pretty good and their defense is really good. But T Bay is legit. It took them a few weeks for them to get their, you know, their feet underneath them. But like they've got stars everywhere, you know? And if they if this A B uh experiment works out for them, mm-hmm. I mean, geez, you throw him in the slot. He's gonna hey, Brady loves those these short, quick receivers, right? Brady is making a star out of this Scotty Miller guy. This was this uh, yeah. he is now Brady's favorite target. He is the Edelman. I mean that's his first look. Pretty much every play, uh, it's incredible. I mean, I look out. This team, I think, is going to be in the, N- the in the NFC. I don't know who's better right now. If you, who could, who could you tell me? Green Bay's looking pretty good. I don't think they have enough playmakers. Personally, he doesn't
2: have. He's a guy who could have used a guy like Antonio Brown. Right. Um, right. But right now, I mean, Tampa. I'll admit when I was wrong, like I didn't think Tampa had a, a shot when you're talking about the triple crown. I'm still probably right because the Dodgers are probably going to win tonight, mm-hmm. but uh, the Buccaneers, you know, look like real contenders. Yeah. And, you know, adding Antonio Brown again, they, they look good now and have played well and they started to gel. So this is, Antonio brown thing I don't know if you saw the meme where the guy throws french fries into like boiling <laughs> oil yeah yeah fires up everywhere and just explodes that could very well the the odds of that happening seem to be more likely than him just fitting in and being an another uh extraordinary piece for the buccaneers to kind of go on their run so I would be very hesitant to do that but um hey who knows they they look really good but other, yeah. yeah, I mean the, the Green Bay looks okay, um, you know the Rams are 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 coming on, but uh, but from an NFC standpoint, I think that the Bucks are right now the uh, the top, and it hates me to pains me to say that, but
1: uh, yeah, Niners look good. I think that was an impressive win. I I know that uh, I know New England's underhanded. I know they're short they're short handed, uh, they're also underhanded because they cheat, uh, but uh, New England is in big trouble. Uh, two and five. They did not look good. Six points at home. That's the Bill Belichick's worst loss at home uh, in his uh, coaching career with New England. So
2: I mean, that's that was uh, his fantasy line was negative one point one. Quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got problems, but again, it's it's a
1: lack of talent. I think overall on the offensive side of the ball, there's really not a a ton of talent out there. And Keel Harry, I think they're regretting that that decision uh just I, I don't know he's he's shown me nothing he's it I haven't seen any highlight plays from him uh, in in the last year and a half Edelman is Edelman he's he, he is what he is he's a slot receiver who made a living playing with Tom Brady and you know we've seen these guys disappear and fade off Chris Hogan you know guys like him so I, I don't know I just think the New England's in big trouble half their team is on uh, the decided to skip out on the season half their defense they got problems. They're not making the playoffs. I I was, I think we kind of were fooled at the beginning of the year. They were two and zero. You and I were talking about how good Cam Newton looked. Boy, five weeks later, now what? They look awful. So
2: happens you get COVID. President gets stronger. Cam Newton gets weaker. (laughs) Go figure. Go figure. figure. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. That
1: team is the team to beat. That team is if you're looking at in terms of Super Bowl favorites. It's them and the rest of the league. I don't care who's undefeated. I don't care what streaks teams are on. It's Kansas City and Baltimore. And I think you throw in Pittsburgh in that sort of second tier in the AFC. Um, they're still the teams to beat, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think of Cleveland's win?
2: Uh, well, I had uh, taken Cincinnati in my picks, and I was going to wear it. So that. did I. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, my pretty, air- my earphones. <laughs> but uh, Baker came out in the second half there and and uh, did what he has the ability to do. Now he is playing the Bengals, so who knows, but uh, until he does it against somebody relevant, but hey, whatever. The Browns won. I, not worth talking too much about it. I, I think I do. KC, Steelers, Baltimore on, on that side. I would love to see a KC-Bucks game. Not necessarily wall oh. because I don't want Brady to get into it, but um, I would like to see how that would go down. I, I think this is. I just want to say one thing on Cleveland, and
1: I I, ugh, I can't believe I'm even wanting to discuss them. But uh, I will say that Joe Burrow is going to be Joe Burrow. Joe going to be a problem for the AFC North in, for uh, uh, the next decade. By the way, Cleveland is better off without Odell Beckham, not because Odell Beckham isn't a good player. We all know he's a good player. He's got good hands, got good speed. I don't think he gets separation as as well as everyone else thinks he does. 50-50 balls, he doesn't seem to outwork his defender. Anyway, but I think the problem when you have Odell Beckham on the field is that Baker uh, eyes him too much. He wants to feed him because he wants him to be happy. So it throws off the whole chemistry of the team. I think Baker plays tight when Odell's on the field with him. I think he's, he's trying to get him the ball because he knows if something goes wrong ODB is going to is going to lose his mind on the on the sidelines and nobody I don't care what anyone says nobody likes to hear it I don't care what anyone says oh it's just him being him and he, I don't take it personally bullshit I'm sorry you t- people don't I don't like to hear it nobody wants to hear a guy a wide receiver you know get upset at at you for not throwing the ball to him what about the what about the five offensive linemen who are working their Tails off every single play, taking a two hundred and eighty pound guy trying to kill them, and you're out here complaining that the that the quarterback didn't throw you the ball. I'm sorry. I think Baker is way better when he doesn't have to worry about that headache on the field. So either they need a complete separation. Look how Baker's second half was awesome—five touchdowns, two hundred yards. That's because ODB wasn't on the field. I keep calling them ODB, but it's actually O O. Is it O? OBJ.
2: OBJ. OBJ. not old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> that's a piece. Didn't he die?
1: That, that's my take on the on the Cleveland Browns. I think they're actually better off without him, and they got a lot of talent on that team. So
2: well, that exact thing that you're talking about with OBJ in Cleveland could very well happen to the box that they throw Antonio Brown in there and get into it. But what do you, what's the difference I, though? What's the difference? At Brady's uh not going to put up with it. Bad enough to – exactly. He won't put up with it. And, uh, yeah, whatever. We'll see. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, about it. I'm going to – well, actually, no. Hold on a second. Real quickly, college football is back. The Big Ten football is back. I'm not a huge fan of the Big Ten, but they have some really good teams. Iowa State came out, dominated. Penn State lost. Uh, anyway, I'm just going to quickly uh, highlight your games for this weekend. Obviously, uh, prime time on Saturday, you got Florida hosting Missouri. Now, check out our Instagram page if you want to see the uniforms that the Gators are going to be wearing. Woo! They look hot. They got yep. the blue helmet with the F, so they're going away from the orange, that one, and it's, uh, again, the only thing I like about Michael Jordan is the air jordan brand which i know he has nothing to do with really in terms of design anymore but the stuff that they have for uh the, the gators uh because they've gone to the air jordan brand uh is pretty sweet yeah anyway so that uh that's seven thirty on saturday uh again i'll i'll share it right after this for the uniform but it's it's fire uh, other than that, the Ohio State-Penn State game should be a monster game. Should have been uh, probably a, at least a top 10 matchup, if not a top 5-7 to seven matchup, Giving, if uh, Penn State had held on and beat Indiana, which they didn't, unfortunately. So it's actually a number 3. Ohio State's up at number 3, and uh, Penn State's at 18 right now. But they're playing... Uh, 7 30 on Saturday as well so that'll be on the Big Ten network uh, which is usually uh, I think it's ABC um, really hoping there's a there's a Ottawa, a couple Ottawa kids on Penn State so Jesse Lucchetta, who's number 40 he's a linebacker and uh, Sutherland who is there I think he was just honored with the uh, with this number zero which is a big thing for Penn State so you get honored if you wear that. Um, I know a lot of teams have that, like LSU has 13, I think, and Florida has one and whatever. Anyway, so these guys change it, but Sutherland has, is wearing the number zero. He's a a safety, uh, out of auto as well. So, uh, tune into that and, uh, and see how they do. Hopefully they can, they can pull it out. It's going to be in Penn state. I don't think it's the whiteout game, but, um, that's a place I wouldn't mind seeing a game at some point. Anyway, that's a, that's huge. Ohio State's legit. Penn State's got to come back and show them what they can do. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, there'll be some hit and miss games. Mississippi State is at uh, Alabama, which, you know, I think will probably be a blowout. Um, but, uh, and Notre Dame plays nobody. Other than that, those are the games you want to watch. Uh, Primetime, Saturday night. And tune in Instagram for the. Picture of the jerseys. Woo, it's beauty. Uh, you got Woo, anything I'm going to throw uh, on the, the breaking again to remind people that we are going to be going live. So download the app for your phone and for Android for Cap City Beats. Get prepared. Get familiarized with it and get ready for us to be going live Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Um, unless something changes in the next little while. But I think we're pretty set on uh, on that. So uh, yeah, download it, stream it, and uh, we will see you guys live in a couple weeks. Any last minute things? I got a song to go out to today that is, I'm gonna probably play in its, in the top, its entirety because it's that good. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, don't, don't,
1: uh, don't sell the race short. I think the rate, the no, I'm never, I'm never betting against Kevin right. Cash, but uh, the Dodgers could win the uh, the whole thing tonight. And uh, that could be the second LA team to win a championship uh, this year. I, I don't. I think Tampa comes out and wins tonight. That's that's my call. Just a gut feeling. That's pretty much
2: it. Uh, the NBA is looking well, if to. You rest- do win if it's the Lakers. One the Dodgers win, then uh, the Rams. I guess would be the last. Uh-
1: Rams or Chargers, but that's I don't see. No, that. Uh, yeah, uh, Char- yeah. Char- uh, sorry. I've been I've been way raw. I'm way off about Justin Herbert. He's he's the real. Yeah. I like this kid. Um, what else do I got? I think that's pretty much it. The, the NBA's looking to restart in uh, right after Christmas, potentially. And Danny Green came out and said, if that happens, the turnover is too short. You're going to see guys like LeBron James take the first month off, literally take the first month off, not, not sit on the bench, say, look, I'm not ready to play. That will be very, very interesting to see how that transpires. I know there's some teams that haven't played this in the summer. So, I mean, that's you got half the league that's coming off a short bubble, and the other half has been sitting for a long time. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to work that out, but uh, I'll take any sports really. The sooner the better.
2: I agree with And whatever. Basketball season, depending on how long it is, if you have a a month off, 70 games. Not going to be the end of the world. You know what I mean?
1: looks like 70 games is what they're what they're aiming for which is probably shorten the shorten the season by about a month so
2: nice yeah all right that's it for us yep um we will be back uh soon check out instagram for the short videos this is a a classic but it's a stripped down version and i love it you'll know it (laughs) Cool.
0: Cool sell out in the stores you tell me who flop who caught the blue drop, right who i'm playing a society down to the tube shop. the same old pimp mace you know ain't nothing changed but my limp can't stop I see my name on a blimp Guarantee me sales, call it love or luck you don't believe in harlem world nigga double up we don't play around it's a bet lay it down niggas didn't know me 91 bet they know me now i'm the young harlem nigga with the goldie sound can't no pd niggas hold me down Cuda, school me to the game now i know my duty stay humble stay low Blow like hooty, true pimp, nigga. Spin no dough on the booty. And then yell, there go, mage, there go, you cutie. What they want from me, it's like the more money we come across, the more problems we see. I don't know what they want from me, it's like the more money we come yeah, across, yeah. Uh-huh. the more problems I'm we the see. the D to the A to the D, D, Y. See me die to see me fly. I call all the shots, rip all the spots, rock all the rocks, cop all the drops. I know you're thinking now when all the ball is stopped. Nigga never home, gotta call me on the yacht. Ten years from now, we'll still be on top. Yo, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Now what you gonna do with a crew that got money much longer than yours? And a team much stronger than yours. Violate me, this a be your day. We don't play, mess around. Be D-O-A, be on your way. Cause it ain't enough time here. Ain't enough lime here for you to shine here. Deal with me. But treat downs fair, and I'm bigger than the city lights down in Times Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they want from me. It's like the more money we come across, the more problems we see. I don't know what they want from me. It's
3: like the more money we Uh. come across, the more problems we Uh. see. B-I-G, P-O, P-P-A, no info. DEA, federal agents mad cause I'm flagrant, tap myself and the phone in the basement uh, my team supreme, stay clean triple beam, lyrical dream, I be that catch a seat at all events vent, gats in holsters, girls on shoulders, playboy, I told ya me and mics to me, bruise too much I lose too much, step on stage the girls boo too much, I guess it's cause run with lame dudes too much me lose my touch, never that if I did, ain't no problem, to get the gap where the true players at, throw your roadies in the sky, wait side to side and keep your hands high while I get your girl a eye. Play it please, lyric lead, nigga C, B-I-G-B flossing, jig on the cover of fortune, five double low. Here's my phone number, your man they got the know, I got the dough, got the flow down, pizza, black the plus, like this at you on Trizacs, leave your ass fizzack